just add it a little bit, I probably wouldn't even taste it. Maybe it's the idea to get a little like acidity or something. It's grape jelly very acidic. It sounds like a troll to me. Yeah, it does. Grape grape jelly and chili. That sounds fucked up. (laughs) People like to do food trolls so similar, and then like uh, end up enjoying them. Like when my uncle was a kid, (laughs) he ate salami and peanut butter just to like mess with my grandma, and then he was like, "Actually, this is pretty good." Ew. Yeah, well, no, is he really tasting salami and peanut butter? Or is he tasting fond memories of grandma being pissed <laughs> off? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I'm sure the the first the, the second one more so. But like yeah. I did try it and it's not the worst combo. I love it when my wife is mad at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It tastes delicious. That sounds like a fucking boomer comic. He's like drinking a beer and he's like, light beer tastes bad, but wife mad tastes great. <laughs> <laughs> putting a pu- putting like a thing of paper plate and putting like pickles. Um, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and uh, Funyuns on a paper plate mm. and being like, you ain't from Chicago if you never had this at the cookout. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just sounds like yeah. a family guy bit yeah, at you... this point where he's like, hey, Lois, I'm eating Cheerios with Sprite again. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a real bit? No. Oh, it sounded like a family enough. guy bit. I mean, I guess anything. He might as well. Be. Feed him the like horses here. You know, feed him a bonbon covered in gravy. <laughs> Doing a doing a YouTube video series where I eat a, a Cheerios with a different liquid each day and rate them from one to ten. <laughs> What's up, guys? It's eating Cheerios with different liquids. Today we're doing antifreeze. <laughs> <laughs> eating Cheerios a using a different that. liquid each time until the Cheerios company acknowledges me. Yeah. Like, remember, there was that guy that was like eating a picture of a uh, of fucking. Uh, it was some actor, was not Jason Schwartzman. I'm sure someone's done that. Some, just like eating like a picture that. of yeah, Shia LaBeouf every day until he acknowledges me. Like just putting this weird pressure on the company or person <laughs> to be like, I should stop this person from eating something poisonous. <laughs> Give me attention. Attention, please. Just working your way up more and more dangerous liquids. So like you start with water, obviously, mm-hmm. but by the time you get to non-alcoholic beer, you're like really making threats. You're like the stuff yeah. under the cabinets is not that far. <laughs> <laughs> Yoo-hoo, 10 out of 10. All right. Chocolatey, yeah. velvety, perfect with Cheerios. That sounds uh, incredible. Beer, I, would I would give love. it like a 7 out of 10. More of a hearty, hearty gazpacho. <laughs> but the day that I had lean... With my Cheerios, not a good day. Not a good day for anybody involved. Even my cameraman, he had to try it too. I've only encountered Lean in real life a couple of times, and both times I, uh, I realized that somebody was drinking Lean. They offered it to me, and I was like, "Yeah, man, I don't fucking know about that. <laughs> Probably not." I had codeine cough syrup once uh, when I went to the doctor for bronchitis, and mm. I. It was, you know, like a prescription one, so it wasn't very strong, but that shit does fuck you up. Like, even if you just drink it as prescribed. I would love lean. (laughs) I wish I could drink lean. Do you not because you know it would be a bad idea? Because I would be very addicted to (laughs) opiates. I I, I mean, I I don't know if I've said, but in college, I like did opiates for like a couple months. It was great. <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, there's not a crisis about something that feels lame, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> That's right. It only stopped being great after you stopped. Yeah. S- s- snorting hydrocodone. It fucking rocks. It's a lot like that image of, of, of the wow. two guys with pickaxes and the one guy got really close to the treasure. <laughs> and he's oh, yeah. walking away and the other guy is like hammering towards it. And at the bottom, it just says, keep gambling. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that, but that, that comic is that's actually correct. true. Yeah, that's yeah. actually yeah. accurate. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't know if you've heard, John, about like how, you know, probability works. Like the more you gamble, eventually you will win. You have you gotta to be win. in it it's to win it. That's the one rule of gambling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, things roll your way eventually and then you win and you win back what the house took from you. The yeah, house the thing always I loses. The thing I don't understand is where people are getting this codeine syrup. That I would love to have that. Unscrupulous doctors, maybe. I mean, probably the same way cocaine got into all of the major cities in the country in the 1980s. Oh, true, yeah. true. Oh, yeah, the CIA. The government and the pharmaceutical <laughs> companies are like, yeah, we're going to make more money off of this if we just kind of look the other way when relative higher-ups within the company just mm. kind of sell this to whoever they fucking want to. Mm. What I'm saying is, have you ever seen Claws about that show, about those folks in Palmetto who run a, a, a fentanyl ring? Uh, it's a documentary. Mm, okay. <laughs> okay. I've only it's seen not. ads for it. 
It's a it's a nail salon, right? All the yeah. ladies have long nails and they're hiding fentanyl in them or something. Oh, what? That sounds cool. Is that yeah, a good it's show? It's a pretty cool Weird. fucking show. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I sincerely recommend it. But I never uh, watched it. Uh, I think Hank's yeah. on it from Breaking Bad. Of course. He's, yeah, he's, he's plays a truly insane person on that show. <laughs> nice. Uncle Daddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, before we get too deep into the weeds here, welcome to Beep Beep Lettuce, everybody. Hello, we have, everybody. We welcome to the regular episode. What are we on? Episode 189? When's the last time we acknowledged the number on an episode? It was like a while. <laughs> the number of episodes? I feel like we hit like a multiple of 100 and just blew past it. Because mm-hmm. we don't know how to do math. Because we started the bonuses after we had done like 10 regular episodes. So who knows mm-hmm. what the fucking count of episodes is. The true is. count is. Yeah. Well, we I, I made a 200 promise. regulars, though. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Once we had done episode 69, both for the regular and the bonus, I just kind of checked out until we get up to 420. And then it's a mm-hmm. short ride to 666. <laughs> and then I don't even know yeah. any higher funny numbers than that. I guess the show's <laughs> over at that point. You yeah. know it. No I, guess, I guess that's the big milestone is regular episode 420, which is like... When is that even coming? Like another, <laughs> another five, four, four, five four or five years? years or yeah. Something? yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like knowing us, we should probably start planning for episode four twenty now, or mm-hmm. else nothing will happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the amount of of like lead time that uh, ensures that we'll actually do something um, mm-hmm. increases proportionately to how relevant that thing that we're doing is to weed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. We've done some pretty adventurous stuff when it comes to weed. Yeah, well, should we all know, take an edible for episode four twenty? Like two rock. hours before we record. <laughs> I don't, edibles make me so fucking sleepy. That's like mm. that's like my weed kryptonite. Is if I eat edibles, yeah. I am like guaranteed to pass out. So if I take it two hours before we start, uh, yeah, I'm gonna probably get about eight minutes of good podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Skyping into the podcast on four twenty from a weed store waiting room. <laughs> <laughs> from the od chamber where they put you if you start panicking in the weed store yeah <laughs> and you end up in there and there's some guy who's trying to chat with you about crypto he's like have you heard of nug coin or indica coin <laughs> i, I, oh I actually God, bought dude, a weed nft once you how did it do i did it i did it because it was like i'm not mad 10 bucks and i was like now i own weed as an nft I didn't. Oh, it was just, it was just the concept of weed. Yeah, no, it was. It, they somebody did like this kind of cool drawing of weed, and then like mm-hmm. you could buy different colors of it. And it was ten bucks, and I was like, this "Wait, is... I could." I, so I was trying to figure out how you could buy an NFT, and it seemed like the gas, like charge, it like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter how much it is. Like there, it's like always going to be over a hundred dollars. Um. Well, no. Is I, there like better but, places? Well. Okay, so it depends what network you're on. This was not on Ethereum, right? This oh. was on. Uh, oh my god, you're deep into it. This was on some. <laughs> this was on a different network, uh, either Avalanche or Phantom or something. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there's like Solana. Some people call it Soylana. Solana. Um, <laughs> it's it's it's, it's all complicated, <laughs> but basically, yeah. I mean, there's cheap <laughs> NFTs out there. Like they do any crypto stuff in English. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Greek to me. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Socrates coin. It's all yeah. you get all the wisdom of Socrates in an in an NFT. Yeah. I, how cool. about a how about a fucking ancient stone tablet coin? Hmm? How about that? <laughs> how, how about, about a cave that? drawing coin? Yeah, I dare you to fucking funge the those French cave drawings. Just try <laughs> yeah. to funge it once. They're non-fungible. <laughs> well, if anybody was ever gonna try to funge a, a French cave drawing, uh the Biden White House has f- set out a framework in order to try and crack down on that kind of behavior. And uh, from this report that we have here in CNBC.com, this first ever framework on what crypto regulation in the U.S. should look like, uh, seems to just have a bunch of existing regulators like the SEC and the Community Commodity Futures Trading Commission uh, step in and behave more in the crypto space. But Mm -hmm. it doesn't really seem to have a lot of details as to what is going to happen they're using vague terms like a quote whole of government <laughs> approach where we just have the whole government work on this project <laughs> yeah this is um this is what technocrats do right they they they're always like we're going to release a plan to release a study to right. release yes. a framework mm-hmm. on how to regulate something yeah mm-hmm. we're starting a committee yeah 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 <laughs> And we got it. That's going to take a while. Just getting people on the committee. (laughs) 
Hang well, on a second. Mm. And they, they know that they can't attack this stuff too vigorously because a lot of the people who give them money are really deeply invested in this. And probably a lot of them themselves are. I mean, with how much stocks Congress trades. That's it's true. Like, you know they're holding some fucking Bitcoin or <laughs> so, whatever, too. They so have the, to be. Maybe, maybe that's why fucking Paul Pelosi crashed his car. He wasn't drunk. He was just <laughs> watching his his uh, some NFT skyrocket in value, and uh, he got a boner, and then all the blood rushed to his dick, and he passed out. <laughs> yeah, so he was actually, That's why he pled guilty. He was like, I'm going to plead guilty to driving drunk. So I don't. They don't have to find out that I passed out in a fit of joy from yeah. having a valuable NFT. So they don't look <laughs> at the playback that my Tesla uh, video recorded of me screaming, "Oh my God! All my apes gone!" <laughs> second before the crash. <laughs> so the the SEC. Okay. So oh no! I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you guys why this actually matters. Um, none of the mm-hmm. NFT and like uh, token shit matters. Um, like the SEC huh. already goes after you people. You have no idea the, what a relief that is to you. Yeah, hear. yeah. The, the, <laughs> the SEC already goes after people who do like pump and dump scams. Um, like people already get in trouble for this shit. People get in trouble for tax evasion. Obviously not as much as, you know, like when billionaires do tax evasion, they get away with it. When like, mm-hmm. you know, some guy doesn't pay taxes on like, you know, some freelance income. That's who the IRS is targeting. That's why they're hiring, you know, 87,000 new agents. But the thing that's buried in this crypto uh, framework that it's not a real thing. They haven't like done anything yet. This is just like a plan of a plan of a plan Mm. is it's buried in there. A quote unquote new kind of digital dollar or U.S. central bank digital currency. So basically Mm -hmm. the U.S. doesn't have control over the crypto markets. and, And that's part of like. Part of the draw with crypto is that, uh, you know, a st- no state can have true control over it. There's theories that like Satoshi Nakamoto may have been, you know, a consortium of government assets, something that's like that. That's what I think. I, mm-hmm. I think that's possible, but I don't think that they would be, I don't think that their behavior doesn't indicate to me that that would be the case, Right. Um, mm-hmm. But the whole point of crypto well, is that sort you know, of, but a state, the Fed isn't necessarily the CIA or the clandestine yeah, state, right? But well, so that's what I'm getting at, right? They mm-hmm. want to start a currency. They basically want to do their own blockchain uh, currency, right? And mm-hmm. they want over probably about five to ten <laughs> to fifteen years migrate everybody in the U.S. over from using like dollars to mm-hmm. using these digital dollars. To using the, uh, stand for the flag coin. So, well, <laughs> essentially, yes. Yeah. So, Mega coin. So the plan is going to be like, uh, you know, it's 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 a central bank digital currency. The central bank has complete control over everything you do with it. So, say you donate to a Palestinian family's GoFundMe to get their right. house back when it gets stolen by Israelis. Say you. Uh, you know, donate to somebody who has political opinions that are contrary to the regime. The, the government can just freeze your money now if you give up, you know, any money other than their central bank digital currency. See, right. This is why but, I do all my banking by sending Google Play gift cards to a guy from Nigeria who emailed me <laughs> six years and, ago. And this is why, <laughs> like, and this is why it usually happens to like early adopters okay. first. And the early adopters are usually like libertarian weirdos and nobody, like everybody just kind of laughs when it happens to the libertarian weirdos. But when it starts happening to you because they forced you to use a digital dollar, then, you know, like you have to start fucking worrying down the road. It's fine to laugh at the weirdos and the idiots who lose their money now. But when the U S starts, like when the state starts forcing you to like, use this very centralized locked currency, then they have complete control. Like, like for example, like say, you know, you, uh, use too much of your digital U S dollars to heat your home this winter. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the, the billionaires that own the natural gas company says you're hurting the climate, you know, as they jump from climate conference to climate conference on their private jets like they can just shut off they can just shut that off for you okay you can't heat your home anymore or, right. or I guess my- you said the wrong thing online you can't buy meds for your sick kid anymore or something like that <laughs> i mean i guess my thing about this is like if the if they wanted to do that like couldn't they do that now like with 
like just tell the banks to like it's like it's, isn't there it's legal, not as simple as that quote unquote legal I mean, ways do they do it's like not PayPal as simple and as that stuff already because it's a, because we live in essentially this like insurmountable bureaucracy like it will take five ten fifteen years at the least to get every bank on board you have you're going to have really lucrative billion dollar government contracts to onboard every financial institution small or large in the u.s into this central bank digital currency like you should be concerned about this listeners yeah i mean that's like the big thing is i i feel like it really puts the lie to the whole origins of the crypto project that we're told so much about which is that it's going to like liberate us from centralized banking and it's going to give these institutions less power and the more time that goes by the more it seems like it was just kind of a playground to test out how well this stuff either passes or fails a few tests and then like once it was proven that it's something maybe that doesn't work but that enough people are interested in because they're fucking idiots that the u.s government was like all right green light it go ahead with it make it official and uh we'll nationalize the only thing that uh actually makes it worse when you when you take it over by the cover well, they, they can't na- nationalize the existing cryptocurrencies right they can't oh like, come they on can't, no they, that, that, that's, that, that's the whole point it's decentralized right yeah but they still have tons of influence on it like if you are 10 of the 15 biggest players in a market is it centralized yeah it is that <laughs> it's not it's not that simple and the reason that that i think that they're playing catch-up is because if they were able to centralize an existing cryptocurrency they would have already done it rather than playing catch up and being like we're going to eventually develop a central bank digital currency you know what i mean mm. mm-hmm. well do you think they want to like work in tandem with the eu and stuff and absolutely and in, in, in oh, partnership yeah. with like this whole economic divide that's kind of taking over now because i know the u.s is really freaked out because president xi said something like he wants the chinese army to be capable of reclaiming Taiwan with military force by 2027, but he didn't Silly. actually say that he wanted to put a plan in place to do that. He just wanted to have the capability. Well, so, <laughs> I, look, I'm not saying I'm going to drink a whole <laughs> bottle of whiskey. I'm just saying I want to make sure my stomach is ready for that eventuality <laughs> in 2027. Honey, well, well, I don't understand why that's such a problem. While the U.S. is uh, developing, like, are you, you know, being weird about this? Washington <laughs> coin. I think uh, China and Russia are going to be implementing the petro ruble and the petro yuan, uh, <laughs> which is a probably a much more uh, solid plan in the long run than whatever technocratic bullshit we have in the United States Absolutely. and the EU. Absolutely. Yeah. Something uh, well, I'm like maybe just ignorant about is like, say the U.S. does make like a did like a U.S. dollar cryptocurrency. Like, what is the functional difference between because we already have like quote-unquote electronic dollars in the sense that like you can transfer money from like one bank computer to a different bank computer pay with it on a credit card that company gets digital money like there's a lot of steps where money is digital right so is it just that it would be on a blockchain or be using like the cryptocurrency infrastructure and stuff well instead of so right now you know you you can also like you can be you can have your right to, or not right, but you can have your ability to use financial institutions taken away. Like we see mm-hmm. that happen uh, with activists, with people who, you know, try to, uh, you know, have opinions counter to the regime. Like mm-hmm. case in point, uh, we've seen like, I, I always use the Palestine example because they're kind of the most, uh, like they're, mm-hmm. they're, it happens to them the most. Like the funds are time, literally yeah. just stolen and diverted like frozen yeah. right right but if you I, take I'd the argue money that out it's less about can... opinions that you have and more about actions that you do right like <laughs> like if you're just posting like hey i think palestine is real they're not gonna take away your money I, as much as I, if you like start actually sending I, money i'm not to that palestine. optimistic I'm, I'm sorry i just like no i'm just saying that's how it works now right like oh yeah like, how, how it works now but uh like it's much harder for government to like shut off your access to online banking like you know, yeah, they're playing yeah. whack-a-mole with PayPal, Venmo, Zelle. Like, you know, yeah. they can eventually shut you all off, but you could probably get your funds out and then into a fucking cash briefcase. With a central bank digital currency, they say, oh, citizen number 49732615, you said that the U.S. shouldn't support Saudi genocide in Yemen with weapons contracts. Uh, we've shut off all your access to any and all currency. So, uh, you know... Uh, and and stay on the line for a brief survey after this call. Yeah. <laughs> did we 
Did we make a mistake? <laughs> <laughs> Did we mess this up? <laughs> well, and, and like all the while that all of these finance, financial institutions are gradually being weaponized against us, uh, the extremely rich people are just coming up with bold new ways to never have to pay any kind of taxes and hoard their money like insane dragons on top of piles of gold. So there's been a lot of <laughs> those hay dragons made. are sane and normal. It's normal to do that. <laughs> They're cute. Yeah, they just are. They want the gold. All right, I'll cut it out with the dragon slander. But we are going to talk about the Patagonia founder, uh, who mm. everybody's been talking about because there was a really positive news cycle about how he gave away his company for mm -hmm. free, and it's a, just like a glowing news cycle. You might does this say. Mean, I feel does like this mean we mean we get free jackets? This means that all the jackets are free now. If you walk into a Patagonia and you put on a jacket, you can just walk out with it. But wanna, you do have to go pretty fast. <laughs> I want to say this stuff used to really trick me. Like mm -hmm. I would see things like, oh, Bob's, Bob's Red Mill is mm -hmm. like owned by the employees. That's fucking cool. Like that would be great to work that, you know, like it, it's really hard to parse what this actually means yeah. uh, unless you are a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does I mean, it, like a lot it, of places. Have you guys looked into it? Like, what what did he actually do? Uh, he he donated his shares of the company to mm -hmm. a five hundred one c three that members of his family still control. So it's a charitable organization that doesn't have to pay taxes on it. And this is oh a way for him to pass God. on generational wealth to his family while mm -hmm. avoiding about seven hundred million dollars oh in taxes. Oh my God, that yeah. is <laughs> wait. So so he what a fucking he, asshole. He donated the company. To a nonprofit that is family owns and controls. Correct. Absolutely. Oh yeah. And my it's a climate change nonprofit, God. which makes it good. Just the fact that it's like, yeah, we're gonna fight climate change with this thing. These uh, are the people somehow. These are the people that want to dictate how you live your life because you're the problem, not them. Right. It's disgusting. Yeah, and uh, so, I mean, it, it, it's it's really rough, and a lot of people have been getting mad that people are, like, pointing this out, too. Like, it's it really shows you the level of ideological kind of, like, pervasiveness that, that billionaire worship has in this country, because if you look at the comments on Twitter, there are a lot of people who are like, why are you going after this guy? He's one of the good ones. He's just trying to help the, <laughs> the climate and this and that, and people are pointing out, they're like, look. Uh, maybe his 501c3 does nominally do some things to help the planet, but 501c3s can be set up for anything. You can have a nonprofit that tries to get Jesus back into schools or convince <laughs> uh, teachers to no longer teach evolution in science <laughs> or is uh, deeply anti-trans or any other, you know, like reprehensible. Oh, no, hold thing. on. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, John. He didn't do a 501c3. He did a 501c4, which well, 501c4. is strictly more evil Rude. because a 501c3 yeah. must be nonpartisan, which we all know is you know, obviously a lie. 501c4s sure. are unlimited in their ability to lobby for and against legislation or support and oppose ballot measures. So not only did he uh, you know, basically use this as a tax haven for inheritance tax, he straight up like did it uh, in a way that like, he can still use that massive fortune to affect policy and lobby the government, you know, indefinitely. Yeah. And there's a certain part of me that, you know, I don't even want to get mad about this on a personal level. Like, I'm sure he's a piece of shit. That's not really the question. He but it's nice like, jackets. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. But the, the, the thing is, is it's like these billionaires are incentivized to do this. If you were in their position and let's say you didn't have the fortitude to be like, I am actually going to help people with all of this power. Uh, you would do the exact same fucking thing. And so the question is, is it's like, you know, is he the first person to do this? Is this a common practice that we're just noticing now because they decided to try and tease us with a, one of the rare good billionaires <laughs> they're always making up? Or is this something that is like a, a, a breakthrough new way for, for extremely rich people to hold on to their money? I'm a little confused about the um, chronology <laughs> about how this came about. Yeah, so this uh, this insider article says that there's like a different uh, businessman, someone named Barry Syed, Said, mm -hmm. uh, who used a similar structure to donate his $1.6 billion business to a nonprofit that advocates for conservative causes, including restricting abortion access and appointing conservative judges to the federal bench. So it's just kind of like a thing you can do if you want to like keep using your money to affect whatever you know things you think are good for the world and not have to pay taxes on it and not have to like you know, pay a capital gains tax when you sell it all, you can just kind of like put it into a nonprofit and then use that nonprofit to do whatever you want to do. Apparently this does occur 
somewhat often with mm-hmm. not just 501c4s, but C3s, C4s, C5s, and C6s. C5s are the are typically labor and agricultural organizations. They're the biggest labor unions, SEIU, mm, okay. uh, AFL-CIO, a.k.a. AFL-CIA, if you're hip, um, <laughs> the yeah. a- AFSCME, um, yep. and 501c6s are like, um, business leagues. So like a lions mm-hmm. club or the mm-hmm. chamber of commerce and stuff like that. Uh, they're the all NFL evil. famously. It's like <laughs> the NFL is a 501 C six. That's fucking weird. It's, that's it's so a, weird. It's right? such a fucking for profit. <laughs> all of these things are just ways that rich people organize their money and their organizations to mm-hmm. steal from you. Every single yeah, one. It's of them. like, yeah. I mean, it's like at the end of the day, you know, it's not really different from, Jeff Bezos flew in space on his little penis rocket and he was like, all the workers at Amazon, you made this possible. This is the same thing. Everyone who works at Patagonia in the factories or at the register or whatever, it's like, he didn't give the company to the people who actually produce the value. He's just giving it to himself. Why would he do that? In a roundabout way. He's giving it to himself with a, with a Groucho Marx mustache on. Who's yeah. like, thanks for the bag of money. I'll use this to fight climate change. <laughs> well, let's talk about somebody who really is fighting climate change. Somebody who has been doing some absolute fucking hero work, or maybe even a group of people, uh, because apparently there has been a rash of catalytic converters stolen from marked San Francisco Police Department vehicles. Ooh, <laughs> which based. I gotta say wow. is one right. of the ballsiest crimes you can commit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. there's really not a where whole is a lot... cop going to be more likely to be than right next to a cop car yeah <laughs> exactly i mean what are they going to do walk around <laughs> lazy fucks ain't going to do any of that it's a really short article and it really just outlines the fact that it seems like there have been uh and i don't even think it says exactly how many numbers but it just says several marked san francisco police vehicles were struck by thieves who stole their catalytic converters, yeah. the police department said. Uh, on Monday at around 1 p.m., an officer discovered that a marked police truck parked in the area of 16th and DeHaro Street was missing its catalytic converter, and then several more were discovered. And I got to say, like, when you're selling that catalytic converter, like, you get the money for it, but you got to tell the guy, like, you know, I got this off the This one's hot. Right? Yeah, this yeah. one's really <laughs> this, no, hot. This one's especially hot. I mean, yeah. okay, <laughs> if you're going to steal cats from... Uh, municipal vehicles like cops especially that's fine like if you're going to steal from an organization from a from a institution if you're going to steal from if you're going to steal cats off of a dealer lot like that's cool don't steal them from ordinary people you steal them from the cops you know it's probably going to be taxpayers that pay for them. higher risk if you higher steal reward. from mm-hmm. if you steal from a dealer which often happens you i'm sure some of you have seen news articles where it's like local dealer reports 30 cars cats stolen in the night and then there's videos of them like just ripping them up the parking lot and they sound (laughs) loud as fuck um that's that's on the dealer that's not on like the individual person to replace it when you get a cat stolen on even like five six-year-old car you still have to do emissions you got to get another cat you're going to be paying a couple grand out of pocket because not everybody has comprehensive and some people's comprehensive deductible is pretty high like it might be just not even worth it to do insurance. And then your premiums go up anyway because they'll use any any excuse. So what I'm saying is all of <laughs> when you we'd really catalytic like to thank converters. Flo from thieves, progressive ads for coming on the show. <laughs> all of these all of, all of you catalytic con- converter thieves that listen to BP Pledis, because I know you're out there. All right. You know, you gotta pay for our Patreon. It's fine. You gotta steal a couple catalytic converters. All, all right. the Lonnie's all and Terry's and Dave's. There, do it to the dealers, <laughs> do it to the cops. Don't get caught, obviously. Don't do it to your fellow citizen. Okay. That's just not cool. That's right. You got to steal catalytic converters up. Do it, yeah. Do it, to, <laughs> do, it, do it to Hertz rent a car. All right. Punch up. Standing on the corner watching somebody steal a catalytic converter and like wagging your finger. And you're like, hmm. do you even know that a BIPOC owns this car? <laughs> you're stealing down. Hey, look, if, I'm just saying if you see someone stealing a catalytic converter off of a marked police vehicle, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that being said, Mercedes, BMW, like mm. any luxury car brand, fucking go for it. Acura, yeah, go for it. right? Lexus. Yeah, or, Todd, did you I, see the, the thing where people are stealing the converters? <laughs> did you see the Kia boys? Oh, we talked about that. On, I, oh, so okay. for years, I've been telling people <laughs> that was don't, a while buy, don't buy Kia or Hyundai products because they're, they're just terrible, terrible quality, just bad vehicles. They won't last. Um, yeah. This is like the fucking, that was the cherry on top. 
Uh, so yeah, we funny. talked about that a couple episodes ago. Yeah. I want to go do that. Yeah. What was it that was happening? It was just like, it was really, really easy to hack. You the... could like take an iPhone charger and then just like uh, put the under part of the steering wheel and then just like put it in there and it turn the it. Right and the right shape of rectangle oh, to, wow. stick a, to stick a <laughs> USB in there. That wow. is for, for like 15 funny. years worth of Kia and Hyundai cars. You yeah. Can do that yeah t- TikTok found out about it and there was a rash of like kids just stealing Kias and then like taking them for joy rides <laughs> on TikTok. And like people were like, this is TikTok's fault. And everyone was like, it's kind of Kia's fault. Hey guys, this is the lock picking lawyer. And today I've got for you a Kia Sonata uh, 2018. <laughs> I feel like he op- probably did do a video on that. Right? <laughs> I bet he did. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to open it with a ballpoint pen and a rubber band. <laughs> <laughs> it was that easy. <laughs> That's nuts. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a big believer in, in uh, things being easier to open and start than people think they are. But even I'm shocked that you could just jam a thumb drive yeah. in there and be well, like, you do have to break uh, into the car activate. first. <laughs> mm, right. Okay. You have to get into the car. You can't unlock the car using that method. You no. have to just start the you car. Have to, you break the window or something. It's the ignition you know? module. I suppose so. Yeah, it's pretty Getting easy. in the car is the easy part. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. You just got to usually it. not. More easy Kia. to start the car. That's true. <laughs> and, yeah, and people who own Kias, not famously that concerned about like protecting their car. I mean, <laughs> I would say they're unlocked about as often as Subaru Outbacks. You're not dealing with a BMW here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all that is to say is, um, if you're going to steal, steal from people who own luxury cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. They're worth more. <laughs> There's a higher chance of those people being. Uh, part of the ownership class if you know what mm-hmm. i mean they, they won't suffer or douchebags i was yeah, gonna say totally. like if someone has like a douchey enough vanity license plate i think it's okay to steal from them like uh or yeah. just like weird Your mileage may vary yeah yeah blue lives matter bumper sticker go ahead and take that hundred percent well hold up hold yeah, up yeah. because you don't you never know it could be like kind of uh you know um ironic no a black or brown <laughs> person who drives for uber who puts the blue lives matter sticker on the back of their car oh, so they don't get pulled yeah. over that's actually okay, but, really really common okay but three percenter honestly mm-hmm. i don't even care i like guns but if you yeah. got a molin labe sticker i'm fucking stealing your car well, <laughs> they dared you to come and take it <laughs> more like more like fucking more yeah. On labe. Yeah. yeah if you say some shit to me like come and take it i'm stealing something out of your house <laughs> I fucking love that meme. Just like the guy smiling and it says I'm stealing something at your house. That's a great one. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, good. You gonna invoke castle doctrine? I didn't fucking think. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna <laughs> lie it. though. I, I do like Patagonia jackets. I have I have a I have a fleece and I have a, a rain jacket that I got at Salvation Army. Mm-hmm. Like uh or, or I think it was Savers. You know, one of those fucking secondhand mm-hmm. stuff. I don't really go to the Salvation Army because they have the not not because they're politically bad, but because they have a poor selection. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care about politics. I just want the best shit. I'm an enlightened yeah. consumer. I know I can't vote with my dollars, but I do still want to buy a decent product. Yeah. But I can, I'm gonna I can tr- vote I'm for something try. cool. Yeah. yeah. I can vote for what I'll have in my back. But That's don't, the vote I care about. Don't don't be a customer to that company. Like get that shit secondhand. Okay, mm. so your dollars are not going in their pocket. Go to Poshmark.com. <laughs> yeah, but then your dollars are going to Poshmark. Yeah, well, I that's don't a know. shame. They're probably do a cash deal is. on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> vote vote for your neighbor with your dollars. Yeah, pay that, pay pay someone seventy percent of the sticker price to steal it from the store for, for you. Cash is the only way they don't know about your digital <laughs> currency, right? Mm-hmm. I Basically, love those guys. Yeah. I was always really confused about that because, like, banks are digital currency. Like, if you're using Apple Pay or Google Pay, right? Mm-hmm. That's digital currency. Yeah, yeah. my wife just got. Off, uh, yeah. My wife just got five thousand yeah. dollars stolen out of her account recently Jesus, because somebody Jesus. uh logged into her PayPal and uh then withdrew using like made a money transfer from her account to their card. And mm. it took like th- three or four weeks for the bank to give us the money back. Jesus. Um which is insane. Oh, I, I have I have a pro tip on that, and for that exact reason, I didn't know about that. That sucks that that happened to you. Mm-hmm. I read about somebody who that happened to, and the advice was never have your bank or debit card hooked up to PayPal. Only have a credit card if you're able. Like some mm-hmm. people don't have mm-hmm. that. Interesting. But with a credit card, uh, like you know, credit card companies are very very uh, protective and litigious because mm-hmm. they are, don't do not want to have to be on the hook to thieves, so they will go mm-hmm. after them. 
whereas debit cards, uh, that's debiting actual money directly from your bank account, right? Or having, sure. you know, it, it like your bank account connected to PayPal. PayPal will not give a shit. They won't help you. It'll take a fucking month, like John said. So mm. get your bank information, your debit cards off of PayPal. And only if you have the opportunity, if you can, only use a credit card that's really, really protective. That's a cool idea. Yeah, it makes sense. I'm going to do that. Because like did PayPal you hear about will the girl fucking who, steal from you. Did you hear about the girl in Beirut who robbed a bank to get her own money? Yeah. <laughs> what? Based. What? Like Beirut is just like it was holding people's money. cancer treatment or something? Yeah, yeah. Her, oh, sis- her like sister the- was is dying oh. and like in Beirut is all fucked up. So they're like only giving people like allowing them to take $200 out a month or something. Mm. And she's like, fuck you. <laughs> it's, it's like in fucking uh, It's a Wonderful Life when they're like... Uh, Asking for their money back at the bank. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It it can, it's just like that. They're trying to avoid a bank run, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, that. that's that's the result of economic imperialism. Fuck a bank run. We don't need you. You get to die. That's how capitalism. Yeah, give us right. give us the money back. <laughs> it's, Fuck a bailout. It's, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening in Beirut. It's happening in South America. It's happening in Africa. It's economic imperialism. It's not like actively like crises aren't happening everywhere. They're happening in some places, but the places where they're not happening in the global south, they're getting set up for those exact same type of crises right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, what's happening in Beirut that's making it so fucked up? Because I know there was that massive explosion there a year or two ago. uh, Oh, yeah. That was all over Twitter and everything. Yeah, but I don't know, um, like, what the economic situation there is like. I know the economic situation all around the Mediterranean is pretty bad, though. Like, Greece is still super fucked up right now. Mm, Still? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, Greece is going to be fucked up until basically I, Germany decides to do something about it. And that seems like it's going to be never. So, um, yeah. So, uh, so, the speaking... re- so the part of the reason uh, I looked this up, part of the reason this is happening, like I said, economic imperialism. But um, mm. they're, they're kind of doing what um, they're, the, the World Bank is kind of doing the same kind of thing in Lebanon that they've done in a lot of other countries. Uh, basically like pushing them into uh, foreign debt. And then, you know, that uh, devalues the currency in that country. And then they basically just get raped for their money and their resources. It ha- it's, mm-hmm. it's just they're fucking locusts. Global finance is locusts. And they move from country to country in the global south. And then just when one of those countries maybe recovers, maybe democratically elects somebody who wants to take them away from that type of system, they either assassinate them or they do a fucking war. It happens over and over and over again. I hear you. Yeah, sorry to get all... Uh, I feel very strongly about this shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I have something else that you might feel very strongly about. Oh, uh, They want to replace some of the industrial animal farming that we're going to be doing. There's a company called Solar Foods, and they want to make something that they're describing like as that. a high-tech protein harvest. Mm. And this is it is, bugs? It's fermented bacteria, hmm. uh, <laughs> which Possibly is uh, better than bugs. Not, I, I, I don't fucking know. We'll have to find out what it tastes like in, in the images that they give. It looks like it is a powder. So I have to imagine mm. it will constitute into something like textured vegetable protein or mm-hmm. tofu or something like. Yeah, that maybe they'll just make smoothies out of it. It's going to be soylent. I don't know. Yeah. Who fucking knows? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. This says it's to solve Europe's energy crisis. Europe's energy crisis was like caused on purpose by the people <laughs> and like the the global warring factions of elites. Are yeah. they like are they like purposely crashing all the world economies and putting a bunch of people into poverty in order to turn them into livestock that eats bugs? Because that's what I mean, it seems like to me. <laughs> I don't think they're doing it to do that. I think that that's just their solution to the problems that they caused. They're like, whoopsie, we made a fucko. You get to <laughs> eat uh, algae now. <laughs> you get to eat fermented bacteria. You get to eat whatever. They had you know. powdered eggs like 100 years ago. You know, they made a bunch of powdered freeze-dried foods in the 60s and marketed mm-hmm. them as astronauts. This is just a re- yeah, this they is had just to recall it because people were the sniffing the egg powder too much. <laughs> 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 Welcome back to the TikTok egg challenge (laughs) Uh, yeah i mean this does sound like a sort of like cool like sci-fi technology like it's sort of light on the actual like material like function of it because like they 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 talk about how it like can be can happen just with energy like you don't have to put like food into it it's just kind of like the bacteria 
I don't know what they're like turning into the protein exactly. I guess the bacteria Humans. just grows. It's soil and green. Yeah. That's well, it's it's going to turn out to be it's that. It's painful. It yeah. always is. But they're not really saying like how, you know, like how much more efficient is this than like growing lentils hydroponically or just growing lentils on dirt. It's totally. like we have a lot so of a, dirt. It, it's just so annoying because it's like I just everything is bad. <laughs> like yeah. if we had a good society figuring out how to feed more people cheaper and, mm-hmm. you know, with, you know, delicious science like could be a good thing but it's like impossible that it's good somehow it's going to be evil somehow there's going to be a child being beaten in the basement it's similar (laughs) to surveillance technology in that way it's like i could definitely see how having good functioning cameras and monitors and storage and sorting and editing systems would be a huge benefit to society but it has to be operated by people who actually have like everyone's best interests at heart and that comes from like i don't know hundreds of years of struggle it doesn't just happen overnight right and that's why i think it's so hard to like look at places like the dprk or the soviet union when it existed and you know it's easy to be like look they're doing the shit that we do but it's bad i guess Mm -hmm. it's bad when we do it too but look at how bad they do it and it's like well it wouldn't be actually that bad if they cared about you, you know, like they were put in charge to like make sure no one gets hurt and everyone is cared for. It's like possible that that's, you know, how it works. And it's just Mm -hmm. like Americans are unable to conceive of something like surveillance or, uh, you know, I guess technological food engineering or whatever without like being like, I'm sure they're killing babies. <laughs> I, I like that framework of the American mind though, where it's like the American citizens, like I've been burned by corporations so many fucking times. And when they're not burning me, the state's putting out cigarettes in my eyes. And that's how I know every other country is evil and we do it the best in the world. <laughs> I know it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, uh, it should be a dead giveaway to you that uh like the technocratic solution is always let's feed you bugs and bacteria and mm-hmm. not hey uh you know all that unused lawn that you're spending so much time and water to mow and keep nice <laughs> i mean not everybody but like you know there's there's a lot of lawn not me in this well, country I- there's a lot of lawn how about you grow a couple tomato plants? How you? How about you grow a couple potatoes, maybe some garlic, some squash. Some Why don't of these they give very that shit easy, to me? Easy, give it to me. <laughs> very easy crops, and then like keep a couple of chickens. You, like you could completely eliminate industrial agriculture if you know everybody. Like a solid amount of Americans it doesn't have to be everybody. Like a wait, solid wait. amount of people just started like putting a little bit into having a community garden, right? And then you get to meet your neighbors. You get to talk to your neighbors and be like, Hey, um, you know, how, how can, how can we make your lives better? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, they can't we, have that. Cause the, the answer is usually a union or, yeah, it's a illegal. or something. It's and then, fucking yeah. illegal. That is what's illegal. happening for the government. I have a technocratic solution that I think will make everyone oh, happy God. since That's we don't want to dig up all of the infrastructure that we've already put down and we know is damaging the planet. Oh God. Mm-hmm. Let's redirect the things that we need to receive the water to the places where we've already redirected water. And what I'm saying is we make a gigantic sprawling urban farm on the streets and in the buildings of Las Vegas. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> now Christ. as you gamble, there will be chickens clucking, cows mooing. Oh, my <laughs> And horses bowling you over as you've had too much to drink. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think that uh, I don't think that you could not have any farms that like on large scales. But like, yeah, I mean, taking the load off of like, you know, globalized industrial, you know, like, for example, I think one thing that's interesting is that like if you if you look at the world like it's city skylines or something, yeah, like you can't have oranges all the time. Yeah. You just can't do it. Mm-hmm. You have oranges as a treat, especially if you live in the South, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to get used to, to the fact that you live in a place that has native foods that grow there. And that's what you eat most of the time. And if you want to have some stuff that's from a different place, you can go to that place or you have to pay a lot more. That's how the world should work, I think. And that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there's a, uh, 
there's a really great game that I played recently because it was recommended and they did an interview about it on General Intellect Unit called Half-Earth Socialism. And it's a Half-Earth? Half-Earth Socialism. And you can play it at play.half.earth. And uh, it's a cool. it's a It's also card. a book. Yeah, there's a book about it as well, but there's a, an in-browser game that you can play that you don't need to read the book to play the game. All right, I'm um, going to load this up. It has, it has <laughs> very, very like material conditions-oriented type game design, and it's literally a game about planning five-year periods to get the Earth to a point where you not only establish socialism, but you also have to fight climate change at the same time. And they've done nice. a shitload of research into the actual potential consequences of all the different pro- proposed plans to mm. handle this kind of stuff. And as you play it, you really get a feel for like, oh, I thought I did something that was going to help a lot, and it turns out I have completely devastated a huge portion of my economy or maybe the geography of Brazil or something like that. Hmm. And it really kind of puts you in a much more realistic mind frame for like what kind of plans going forward really are going to make a huge difference. Because if you try to just take all of your points out of um, traditional fossil fuel energy production and jam them all in solar right at the beginning of the game, like I tried to do, you just don't have enough electricity <laughs> to fund the projects that you want to do to feed everybody, for instance. Mm-hmm. So it you run into contradictions really fast. And I think that that's something that is missing from a lot of uh, climate change discussion is that it's very liberal and it's very idealist. And so there's not a lot of Marxists in there. I mean, they're pushed out, basically. But there's not a lot of big yeah. Marxist voices who are saying, like, uh, these are the material conditions we need to handle. And I've made a gigantic, nigh incomprehensible flowchart that does does explain it accurately, <laughs> but you're going to have to start taking notes right now. Like <laughs> <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. And this kind of stuff this is like, I'm saying like the solar foods thing is just like, maybe it's fine. Like, I don't know. Maybe there's bacteria. That's probably good to eat. I can't uh, figure out this game. How do you make your virus infect the whole world? <laughs> <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta make sure to get uh, Madagascar right away or you may as well just restart. They yeah, will close to, their ports. You have yeah. to, you have to do revolution in Madagascar. Right away. <laughs> <laughs> They're um, very nationalist is what I've learned about yeah. <laughs> But yeah, definitely. It's like there's not like uh, I highly doubt that the people making this thing are like actually like liaising with any kind of other institutions or like considering like like they're considering how to scale it in a way that will make them money or will, yes. or will get them government contracts or whatever. Right. They're and, not and considering no, and, how you scale it and like everyone can use it. And knowing like the startup culture in the United States, they might not even really care that much whether or not they get to a final product or bring it to market or anything no, like that. Absolutely. Because they can just suck up a bunch of VC money, pay themselves in the interim, dissolve the company later and move on to another stupid fucking startup that helps no one except themselves. Or so. they sell the technology. Like the, the guys that found this end up just selling it to like Bill Gates or something. Monsanto, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, Monsanto. That's another thing. Like, uh, if you try to grow your own shit in your backyard and you do it in a way that, like, Monsanto finds out, like, you use their seeds or something, they can fucking sue you. Like, the, yeah. their food <laughs> is, your food is now their intellectual property. Yeah, they have well, a copyright on the fucking seed genome. It's insane. Yeah. yeah, a bunch of farmers got sued. I don't remember yep. how many years ago, but because they planted some corn that they didn't have the rights to, and the government came by, and if I'm not mistaken, made them destroy the crops. And it was like, really, man? That's fucking insane over some intellectual property? Like, I'm. We're fuck, doing a I'm, DMCA I'm, takedown on corn? Yeah, like, where's, come the, on. where's the fucking Supreme Court on that shit? Aren't they supposed to interpret? what the framers of the constitution would have wanted, whatever the fuck that means. That's literally one of the core principles. Like the fucking United States was supposedly founded as a paradise for the yeoman farmer. And now we've gotten to a point where massive corporations can abuse the courts and destroy the yeoman farmer. I mean, the only thing I've ever learned from the courts about intellectual property is that the only uh, intellectual property they have is the property of having no intellect. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, got him. <laughs> got him. <laughs> um, that's something me and my dad can always agree on. Fuck that's the right. judges, am I right, Dad? Fuck yes. judges. <laughs> Fuck the what judges. do they know? <laughs> he hates judges even more than cops. Not sure why, but I guess I support it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're the same. Yeah. Yeah, same, they type of, yeah. same type of dude. Just yeah. cops in weird robes instead of... Uh, 
the fascist uniforms. Yeah, judges are like, I'm basically a cop, but I used to be a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a cop wearing my PJs. (laughs) And then uh, speaking of something that I think might actually be kind of helpful if it is in fact a real device that works, is that there are spoons and bowls going on sale in Japan pretty soon that use a very small amount of electricity to make your food taste more salty. So that you may enjoy saltier flavors without putting that much salt in your food. They play happy birthday in your head. (laughs) 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 What what were those called? Like rock pops? I think we've talked about those before. Where it's like dum dums or something like that. I'm walking on sunshine in your mouth. Conducting through your Oh yeah. Were were they related to hit clips? (laughs) Had to be. (laughs) There was a whole era in the like late 90s, early 2000s when marketing executives were like, kids only want to hear nine seconds of a song. I guess they were were like predicting TikTok. They were like, someday in the far future, people will just be looking at a glowing tablet, swiping at it to hear 15 seconds of the same (laughs) song in different different spots over different images constantly. Yeah, Uh, they were called uh, they were called sound bites. And uh, someone on Reddit said, did it actually work? And someone said, yeah, kind of. But you had to bite the lollipop (laughs) as opposed to licking and enjoying it. (laughs) Have you guys ever seen like those TikToks from like... uh, Hong Kong or like uh, Seoul where it's like uh, somebody gets home from work and they have like a million different gadgets for doing it. Like they get home from work into their tiny apartment and they have a gadget that like takes their shoes off for them and like steams them. And then they Mm -hmm. have like five different gadgets just for eating their dinner. Uh, Yeah. They're like, okay, I make the rice in this thing. This is like the dumpling steamer. This is like the Rice pudding, fluffer, whatever. This, <laughs> this is, my is a product for them. Thing. Yeah. This is this yeah. is this product is for them. I mm-hmm. get home from work. I put a quarter in the slot. My bathtub <laughs> is hot. My eggs are ready. <laughs> like, <laughs> coin operated laundry, but it's just like a coin operated butler, maid, and chef combo. Hey, back mm-hmm. in the day, I- the poor people that lived in tenements had to put a quarter or like a dime in the wall whenever they wanted light. <laughs> oh yeah like in uh ubik well there's there's still uh that still happens in england thing? right they have uh right. pay-as-you-go <laughs> electricity meters where it's like you literally have to go out and feed your meter if you want to keep Jesus. your house warm oh my god yeah i think they were talking the about that on the price Future. of electricity spikes like 100 times overnight like yeah uh, sucks to be you yeah basically uh but we need your we need your money for the queen's yeah. funeral by the way it's disgusting <laughs> Speaking of something else that's disgusting, the queen. The way that uh, a a as a as a person who loves cheese, uh, this next article, I take it deeply personally. This is really fucked up. Yeah. What they stole her cheese? She was just driving in with fifty wheels of cheese. What's is that a a crime now? She was reading that book. Who moved my cheese? U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers made an unusual discovery at a Texas border crossing last week. A woman was trying to enter the U.S. with 100 pounds of undeclared cheese. Undeclared? Man, I'm telling you, you got to be declaring your dairy. Undeclared uh, cheese, only, only, it's only undeclared cheese if it comes from the undeclared region of Mexico. Otherwise, <laughs> it's just or Canada. sparkling milk curds. <laughs> See, I feel like you cur- got there. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to figure it out as I went. I, I feel like her mistake. The article says she declared 10 wheels of cheese and then they inspected her car and they found an additional 50. Don't try to fucking, this is like a real like half measure kind of just be a Chad, <laughs> declare no wheels of cheese and you're fine. The fact that you're like, I have 10 wheels of cheese makes them be like, wait, you bought 10. I want to see what's going on in your car that you have 10 wheels of cheese. <laughs> yeah. Don't give a, them any reason. Is there a photo Man, how are you going to eat this much cheese? Is She's going to sell it for sure. Yeah. But that's the thing is like, I guess if you are bringing back a commercial amount of something, there's more paperwork you have to fill out and there's more money that you have to pay to get your stuff across the border, which one is just legal bribery. And uh, two, it's like, just let people bring a carload of cheese wheels into the country. Like, is this it really is that for big my of a own personal deal? consumption officer? I, I mean, I'm. <laughs> it is funny, but I got to be honest. I mean, I think this is one of those things that like. It's fine for a normal government to regulate this. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. obviously, Canada and, and we're and America are bad countries, but it's like, yeah, you gotta, you kind of gotta be like, hey, you can't ha- be doing like 
unregulated, <laughs> you know, uh, business across state lines. I guess you don't want to be I eating. Can't advocate for that. You don't want to be eating cheese and then and realize that it was like in the back of some woman's fucking trunk crossing the border from Mexico. Cheese is for three a lot weeks. less perishable than you think. I feel like That's if true. you want to get, if you want to get, so she had sixty wheels of cheese in total, right? Or was it just fifty in total? I think I think she was, had ten wheels that she declared and then fifty right. more undeclared. Okay, so you've got sixty wheels of cheese, and you're like. Uh, how am I going to get this into the country uh, without them realizing that I'm definitely using this for commercial purposes? <laughs> the real trick is you just buy 61 wheels of cheese, and then as you're driving through the gate, you hold an entire wheel of cheese in your hand, and you eat it plain with nothing else. And that way, when you say to them, it's for personal use, I eat one wheel of cheese a day, and I can only go down to Mexico every two months, the mm -hmm. El Paso border <laughs> guards are going to be like, all right, I believe you. Americans be crazy. <laughs> I, I, imagining like uh, like they're driving like a like a old car from like the forties that's all like you know got curves and stuff like that. It's like an old coupe oh, yeah. or something, and mm -hmm. uh, like pa, floor it. The fucking cheese revenues are on our ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's moonshining cheese. The cheese, cheese bowl's gonna get me. Yeah. An alternate reality in which NASCAR didn't stop start from moonshiners. It started from cheese runners. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be cool yeah if we called bootlegging cheese legging instead <laughs> <laughs> a uh a, a, a bunch of cops standing around a table like sh with their arms crossed showing off their hall but instead of a table <laughs> full of drugs it's just a table with 50 wheels of cheese <laughs> <laughs> it's like cans of cheese whiz stacked into a pyramid <laughs> yeah it's barely it's like four cans of cheese whiz one like single serving pack of cheese cheese crackers and then like one wheel of cheese and they're yeah. like look at this that we got off the streets tonight yeah got a couple american singles on the edge of the table yeah yeah <laughs> all right just no, to make it look better you know no nobody is illegal and neither is cheese all right cheese. that's right uh well and as long as we're gonna just talk about food stuff all the way up to the end of the episode we may as well hit this last one uh there was a man in a place called Hempfield, which i believe is in pennsylvania Hemp, uh yeah Hempfield. Hempfield. i know <laughs> nice. that sounds like my kind of place right yeah. uh and it was this guy's kind of place too uh where he was he was already prohibited from possessing firearms because of an involuntary mental health commitment in 2021. And mm. Delmont police ended up confiscating three loaded handguns from him after he caused an incident at a Dairy Queen on Sunday. Uh, and where after he was arrested, he claimed to be uh, an undercover state trooper who was, quote, fighting the shadow fake presidency. <laughs> so this guy, oh, no. this guy had oh. discovered the base of operations for Dark Brandon Enterprises. I, 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 I believe him. <laughs> a Dairy Queen in Hempfield. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, listen, this makes a lot of sense. I think he's on to something. Yeah, for, for a second, I forgot about the conspiracy, and I was like, oh, does he think that like Trump is secretly president and is operating out of a Dairy Queen? But then I was like, no, wait. Shadow president, I guess, is Joe Biden. Joe Biden is the shadow president. He's in the light yeah. and Trump isn't. I, I don't know. I don't know how the shadows work. Well, remember that's why he's dark Joe Brandon, Biden is always shadows are dark. <laughs> Joe, Joe Brandon is always positioning himself as like uh, he was like a union steel worker in Pens Scranton, Pennsylvania. Like where else uh, would, you know, a working class person from Pennsylvania have his base of operations? The corner mm -hmm. table at a Dairy Queen. Absolutely. It's <laughs> a great point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I definitely feel like if um who was the who was the guy from Office Space who had the uh, Stephen Root. I feel like mm -hmm. if Stephen Root was going to play a guy who was going to take down the the shadow presidency, that character would definitely sit at the same corner of a Dairy Queen and eat the yes. same uh chicken tenders order every single time That's right. as, he, as he plans the takedown of the most shadowy figure in America, Joseph Brampton. <laughs> <laughs> uh this guy's this guy's obviously a little uh messed up in the brain. Why why yeah. why do you say that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean i I mean Maybe he's got evidence, but I don't think he's probably Ed. I don't know. This guy is literally <laughs> John Hinckley for guys who roll coal. Yeah. 
This guy realized that Len- Lenin had been sending us secret messages all the time, which was at some time there will be a monarchical dairy vending uh, company, and therein will lie the secret power of the, the world hegemon. And this guy realized he's like the Hemfield Dairy Queen. I read you loud and clear, Vladimir. The, he, he was getting like, uh, he was getting that thing at Dairy Queen where they turn it upside down to show that the ice cream is, is really, yeah, and, mm, and, and yeah, like, yeah. uh, he was like looking up at it and like the, the peanut butter cups, the little mini peanut butter cups were arranged in a Q, a letter Q. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, this is dark brand inside out. <laughs> I knew it. I mean, I'm looking forward to, if this guy really is John Hinckley, I'm looking forward to hearing his folk album in like 2060 after he gets out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be old enough to really appreciate folk music by that point. I'm super excited. Oh yeah. <laughs> it all finally makes sense. All right. Well, before we get out of here, I do want to mention really quick that Seth Harp wrote another article about Fort Bragg that's really good. We won't go into it super deep here, but it's particularly about the rash of drug overdoses that have been taking place at the base and his speculation about the uh, potential drug running operations. He also did put up a tweet recently that indicates that he's going to be writing a book about Fort Bragg that I'm definitely going to read. And uh, oh, awesome. yeah, I this, might even send this, an this email to gonna... him and be, be like, hey, do you want to come on my communist weed podcast and explain to us why the government is bad? Uh, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry to say it, but I worry that this guy is going to end up like dead in a burning car with two gunshot wounds to the back of the head. Ruled Absolutely. By the, yeah. Ruled a suicide by the coroner. Yeah. yeah. Get yeah. that book out soon. Keep it on fucking uh, the Gary you know. Webb treatment. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, everybody stay safe out there. Don't don't write your own book about Fort Bragg. You let Seth Harp handle this. <laughs> he was just reporting <laughs> on Ukraine from Ukraine. So he's a pretty tough guy. Uh, but thank you so much for listening to BP Lettuce. Uh, we love you very much. You can listen to my other show, Work Stoppage. You can listen to Bryn's other show, Generation Loss. And you can check out Todd's store, doomer.shop. As always, stay high. We love you and goodbye. No cheese goodbye. is illegal. Bye. Be <laughs> <laughs> no cheese is illegal on stolen ground. <laughs>